Welcome to Hammer Time, a property perspective. My name is Paul Zamalis, and in recent weeks, we've had an opportunity to hand the microphone over to a number of individuals in the industry to get their perspective on what is going on. We've charged head first into the coronavirus crisis, and it's never been clearer that change, innovation, and adaptation are critical to the survival of not only the real estate industry, but the property industry more widely. Our guest today has experienced a multiplex Abbey Group build set, but his entrepreneurial nature has now brought him into his own business, Pascon Group. They've been ahead of the curve ever since they started, and early on, they recognised that doing things differently was key to success in the construction industry, which is why he's put so much energy into alternative marketing methods, including social media. They've amassed a massive following of over 17,000 followers and rivaled only by Kim Kardashian herself. We welcome George Passis, director of Pascon Group. G'day, mate. How you going? That's a, that's a fair introduction. Well, there you go. Well, uh, it's, a, it's a fair amount of people following you and you've done a great job doing it. Um, yeah. On the website, you've got a fresh approach to construction. What does that mean? Look, I think um, the difference between us now and, and probably your more traditional builder is we use a, a combination of new school building techniques and old school building techniques. Uh, given my experience with the commercial aspect of um, construction, working at the bigger construction companies over the years, I've incorporated, incorporated a lot of those policies and procedures and, um, and work on site within the organisation uh, based on residential construction. And I really see that as a huge advantage over my competition because it's no longer a bloke with a tool belt building your house. You've got a proper construction company building your house that has systems in place to control the finances, that has systems in place to control OH&S, and then also systems in place to control quality and the actual construction of the dwelling um, on site as well. So it's... um, one of the biggest things that I see within construction is no one's a builder in my industry, right? No, build, no good builders build anything. Good builders manage the building process. So in order to do that, you need to have policies and procedures and ways of doing things to do that efficiently and to, and to make money as well. And is, is that a gap that you saw when you stepped out? Was that something that you took with you and thought, <laughs> I have to deliver this otherwise I'm just going to become another builder that might fade into the ether over many years to come yeah absolutely but I also think it was something that evolved on its own as well so in my first year of operation like we priced probably 25 mil worth of townhouse jobs and that's what we were sort of focused on at the beginning of the organization and we won maybe one or two projects so it was a huge inefficiency in the business and I really stepped back and had a look at how we're operating and what we're doing and thought, like, we've really got to play to our strengths and, and provide value from the beginning as opposed to, um, you know, just giving out free quotes and pricing anything that came through the door. So, yeah, it, it was something that has evolved as time got on. But it was also something I did recognise early on that I had to work to my strengths. I had to work the things that I saw worked really well within an organisation. Um, and that's, for me, is I, I'm a bigger believer of employing your weaknesses, okay? So... I've got a construction manager. I've got, I had a leading hand as well. We've got administrators. We've got site supervisors. So all these people are doing the thing that really, you know, your traditional builder that chucks on the tool belt and manages your job, he would do all of that in one go. You know, my, my strengths are in the financial control and the contract negotiation, in, in the um, value management of projects. 
So we, I focus on that, and then I let my team do everything else. Now, as a result, I'm probably a little bit more top-heavy with um, the overhead costs on a, on any particular project or when I'm tendering, but I try to relay that as an advantage to the client because they're going to get the quality that they expect and that they deserve and that what they're paying for. They're also going to get a job that's on time and without costly blowouts, which is a massive thing. Like Builders in Australia are in the top five companies uh, or organizations in the country that that go into receivership. And the main reason for that is their cash flow and financial control. And that also flims, uh, stems onto their systems and procedures within um, their organization as well. So it's such an important thing that builders really need to identify and understand. And even from a client perspective, making sure they understand that and educate them, um, which does come back to a lot of how we've approached our social media with trying to provide valuable content to educate people, to provide value so that then when they either go out and build with someone else or they come and build with us, they have the tools and knowledge to to move forward with confidence. So that fresh approach to your marketing, and you mentioned before that you've employed you know, personnel to do things that you weren't the best at. Have you applied that same mindset to your marketing and social media strategy? Absolutely, because again, I'm not a videographer. I'm not a photographer. I'm not someone that can go out there and put all these things and make them look fantastic. Um, so we then again, uh, I, I looked at that again, early stages of the organization. And again, it was something that evolved. I didn't do it from day one. It was something I saw and was getting online. And I thought, wow, this is, I could see other companies that were doing it well and go, okay, they have a decent following. They're doing this, they're doing that. They're getting the brand recognition. Um, so I went out there. Initially, we started doing a lot of it myself, just taking photos on my phone um, and then posting it on the socials. And then as it progressed and evolved, we then got, professionals on board i said all right i'm going to get someone to take professional photos let's post those uh again i got someone involved to do videos where i actually would stand in front of the camera and say okay g'day guys xyz this is what you should do in this scenario and we'd be started putting out content and then the videographers would edit that and and make it look you know nice and pretty and do all that sort of stuff so there was definitely an investment made in that early early on in the organization and it's something that i've put a, a, a big onus on growing the audience because that's where people's um, attention is. It's on social media. These days, no one watches TV. Um, the only time you listen to the radio, even when you're driving in your car, you half the people will listen to their own music or they'll listen to something else, a podcast or something like that. So people's attention is on social media and that's where really you need to be as an organization to get that attention and get that market share. So in a time where costs are being cut, and I know firsthand through a few friends that uh, are in marketing and advertising, you know, and some jobs have been cut there because it's seen as a non-essential spend. Um, are you continuing to invest in your social media? Uh, and yeah. if you are in this time that we're at with COVID, how important is it? Absolutely. Think about it this way, right? So um, I've spoken to other um, colleagues in the industry, out of the industry, and in, in, in many different professions. And this is not a time to be doing less. Right. If you're in a position where you're still working, unfortunately, you know, I'm very grateful that construction is seen as an essential service in times like this, and we can actually maintain safe practices on site, in the office, and still operate. Um, so I think in a time like this, you should be doing more, not less. Because now that, again, it comes back to everyone's contracting, everyone's going, oh, oh you know, shit, I'm scared. I, I need to bring in all my things. I need to make sure I'm not spending a lot of money. Whereas I've kind of got the opposite. I'm still being cautious of my money, of course. I'm not going to go out and spend out um, stupid amount of money for for items that are, aren't essential, but 
if we could put out more content and get our name out there even more so, so in a time when everyone's not trying to grow their business, when this when this all ends, we'll try to be ahead of the curve. We'll try to have that sector of the market um, even more so. And then, then people, when they do get that confidence back, they'll go, oh, yeah, I remember these guys. When, everyone, when everything was turning to shit, they were still pushing forward. You know, if they were doing well in a bad time, I wonder how well they'll do in a good time. So my marketing budget hasn't really changed. And if anything, it might even increase in the near future because um, it still works. Like we last year, we won uh, a significant size project purely through Instagram, right? The inquiry came through Instagram and I was like amazed. I thought that was the first project that we got the inquiry and actually turned into a live job. So I looked at that and I said, right, now I need to take it up a notch and really invest. So what we ended up doing with that particular project is we've now done a mini series on it where I'm showing the people how we go about the construction process from start all the way to handover. Now that process, getting videographers in, doing all that sort of stuff, that'll take a significant amount of my time. And it's also going to take a significant amount of money to do. But for me, I've just won a huge project through Instagram. So that money really isn't a cost to the business and it's, it's an investment to the business. And that's how a lot of people see marketing. If they're looking at marketing as an expense, they're going about it wrong. They need to look at marketing as a, as a, as a cost to do business and, um, and it's an investment into their brand and into what they're delivering. So it has been a direct return on investment for you and with the brand as well, have you found that Pascon Group has grown its brand awareness because of its social media mm-hmm. platform? Yeah, absolutely. I've had I've had other builders that I've bumped into at you know seminars and whatnot recognise me through my pages, um, and that's also the company page, but also a professional business page that I've got as well. Recognise me and say, "Hey, George, I love what you're doing. It's awesome." Like when I hear stuff like that from you know your peers, it's it's very encouraging. But then again, like I'll go to anywhere. You go somewhere, and and then you're having a conversation. Oh, what do you do? And blah blah blah. And then you say, "Oh, yep, I'm." I've got a construction business and then there's that recognition. I go, oh, yeah, I've seen Pascal and I've seen this. I've seen um, those videos. So it is actually working because people are starting to know what we're doing, how we're going about it and recognizing the brand. It's not, it's, it's not just because they saw it on the sign uh, on the front of our site or saw it on a car. They're actually seeing it on the channels that they're on on a regular basis. So they, you, you hear a lot, George, and, you know, and I've seen it myself firsthand with my own business, but – there, there are some that say I'm employing a social media strategy and there are others that are saying I employ a social media strategy. Uh, what I mean by that is you know, some are out there and they, you, know, you just see them deflated after one or two months. You know, how important has consistency been to this strategy rather than a post here and there which somewhat falls into the ether of social media overall? Yeah, massive. And where that comes into play is like when, when people are looking at likes. On a photo, right? They're concerned. I, you know, I only got ten likes on this one. Yeah, but you've got ten people who have engaged on your post and liked it. Why not keep servicing them? They, they, they're looking at it from, you know, an ROI perspective where they shouldn't. The, the main focus, the main focus that I've always had with social media, isn't how many likes something gets or or how much uh, exposure it's going to get me. It's what value we can provide. Right? So I look at a post and I'll do a video and I say, okay, this is going to really help someone when they come in. Um, for the tender process, you know, I did a video on on how the consumer can, what steps the consumer needs to take before they get a builder to tender their job. Now they might read this, they might watch that video, go, "These are excellent points." Not call me and go off to another builder. Right. So, what value of that is that for me? 
it's not it's not a huge amount of value. What it does for me is, A, it probably creates a bit of credibility for the company. Hey, we're telling you for free what you need to do when tendering on your job. I look at that as well as I'm helping the industry improve. I'm lifting industry standards. Okay, guys, make sure your builder does X, Y, Z. So then that way, if I'm tendering against these other builders, the client's already considered those aspects that are important to their build, and then the, the tender process will be, it'll be an even playing field. Um, so I think that's the mistake people make with their social media. They go out there, they take a photo to get the likes, not to provide value. Right? And there's, there's a few ways you can provide value, and one of them is through entertainment. Be funny, be sad, whatever you're going to do. And then the other one is the other way to provide value is through education. Um, and I think we try and do a mixture of both on our channels. So we try and educate people, be it um, subcontractors or clients or just anyone looking to build. And then we also provide the entertainment aspect, which is visually pleasing um, images of our completed projects or uh, a project uh, under construction. Uh, so that's that's I think that is what I think and what I've seen over the time that I've been doing this as the, the most important thing when approaching your social media. You, you should never look at it as um, how many likes am I going to get or is this a perfect picture, all right? You can do so many things like your phone, your camera on your phone these days is is such high quality. Um, you can post a video of yourself which goes for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, and people are going to engage with it. They're going to see. It's good enough quality. You don't need to have the right lighting. You don't need to pay $10,000 cameras or anything like that. You can still get the message across with the equipment that you have. So just on that, right now, I would say that plenty of us have got more time than we would have had four to six months ago. So if I'm a business owner and I'm looking to kick off my social media strategy, where should I start? Well, now, in this time and in this day and age, right, and probably never happened before, you've got people that can go out there. If I had a passion for peanut butter, I can get on my phone, I can put a hundred tweets out, I can put out videos, I can put out photos about my passion and my love for peanut butter. And chances are you'll find 50,000 people that have that same passion as you, right? Now, by doing so, you're documenting something that you love, so you've got the passion about it. You're documenting something that other people will like. And if they don't like it, it's no big deal. You're not really targeting those people that don't like it. You're targeting people that like the, uh, the peanut butter. So the, the whole point of that is when our parents were young, right, if this happened during their lifetime, what could they have done about it? Not much. In this day and age, we've got the internet literally at our fingertips, in our, in our hands, on the computer, on the TV, you can go out there and you can do so much. You can get onto almost every channel, right? Your LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever you, whatever platforms you want to use to get your message out, and you can just start. You just got to put out the content, you know, and and people will engage eventually. Um, get involved on forums online. Discuss, like, get involved in topics that are of importance, or you know, within your industry or your field. And say, oh, yeah, I really agree with X, Y, Z. Have you guys considered this? And then you'll find other people will follow you. They'll engage with you. They'll engage with your product. They'll potentially buy your product. So it's about, it's about again, expansion, not contraction. Doing as much as you possibly can. And I, um, I applaud you as well for starting your podcast. Like, that's fantastic. You know, a lot of people, especially in what you're doing in your industry, you could be sitting back at home going, okay, what do I do now? I'm just going to sit here and watch Netflix all day until the industry turns back, turns back and, and I can start working again. But instead, you're trying to expand your brand. 
Okay, so again, when all this is over, people are going to come to yourself and go, oh, yep, I remember the auction company. I remember Paul. I know who I'm going to speak to when this is all ready and done and dusted. I'm going to be going out there to him. And the other thing that it does is your brand could go in a completely different direction as a result of your podcast now. It could become the most downloaded podcast in the country. It could become the most informed podcast in the country. And all of a sudden, you're finding that you've just become the new Joe Rogan of the real estate world. So opportunity is at every corner. Like it just takes that one person to see you or that one person to share it or or that one um, deal that you make as a result of this podcast. You know, um, who knows? Some I'm just throwing out something. Bunnings could hear this for me and go, yep, we want George to be our spokesperson for Bunnings, for all our Bunnings stores. And now I've all of a sudden, just from doing a podcast with you or doing my own podcast, I've now just landed a, uh, a sponsorship deal with Bunnings that's worth $500,000. Okay, so no one ever knows where these things will lead. For us, it, it resulted in projects coming in. For us, it's resulting in um, the brand recognition. But that's what people need to be doing now. They need to be doing more and not less. They need to be teaching themselves. They need to be educating themselves. And they need to be um, out where people can see them. Because also, the other thing, everyone's at home now. So you're probably getting more exposure on these channels than what you were previously when people were at work. And George, where do you see construction going after all of this? I dare say people are still out on site. Um, I haven't seen too many restrictions. The industry is still open for business. Yeah. Um, what do you think this will do to the industry? Um, will it continue as, as normal or is it going to change? And if it is going to change, you know, what's one key thing that you're employing that could be seen out there in the construction industry? Look, I think it, it really does depend on how long this goes for and what sort of an impact it has on people that are out of work at the moment. Uh, again, if you're fortunate enough to be in work and, and have a steady income, then you will you should get through this relatively unscaled. Um, we've had one project fall through that we were tendering on because the client lost his job. So that one's sort of been put on hold. Uh, and that was a successful. So it's already if this whole thing has already affected me and it's affected everyone and it will affect everyone globally, regardless of what industry you're in. We had another job that we verbally won last week, which was fantastic. So again, we're, we're, we're tendering like, like very heavily at the moment. We've got a couple of really large jobs that we're working on. Uh, I had one project that they verbally told us they want to go ahead, but they want to wait a couple of months to see what happens with all this COVID-19 again and make sure that they've still got a job in a couple of months' time so that they can build their property. So I think there's a bit of caution initially. Um, I'm not too sure how many people will be signing up projects in this market right now. I think the people that do are obviously people that are in a position that they can. I feel that townhouse developments might slow down a little bit, uh, again, from a perspective of people wanting to build them right now. I, look, overall, I, I think the fact that the industry has remained open is a big plus for everybody. Because if it wasn't open, like it employs 45% of the economy. So to have such a big chunk taken out of the economy and, and people unemployed, I think that would have a massive effect on, on all industries because uh, from real estate all the way through to, to whatever it might be, I think that would have a huge... Um, and I think the government has, has identified that too, obviously, by keeping the industry open. So I think the industry will definitely take a step back, but I think it will recover quicker than other ones, than other industries will as well. 
All right, well, George, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your time in true auctioneer format, the three calls of our conversation. Uh, the first call, employing for your weaknesses, bringing people on board, particularly for your social media, um, so that you can tackle things like entertaining and educating your audience. Uh, your second call, do more, not less, at a time like this, expansion, not contraction. Really, really powerful statement. And the third call, marketing is a cost, but it's certainly an investment to do business. And I think everyone should be investing in their brand and talking to the audience while they still can. So we thank you very much for your attendance here on Hammer Time, A Property Perspective. To our listeners, subscribe, join us on iTunes or Spotify, and we look forward to seeing you at our next podcast.